Acts chapter 3 and verse 12 says, And when Peter saw it, and recalling what it was, there was a man who had been lame, and they were Peter and John were going into the temple, and uh, he asked alms of them. They said, we don't have nothing, but what we do have we'll give you. They administered unto him the gospel, and he got up dancing and leaping and running and joyful, going into the temple. And when all these things were happening, people ran up on him. You remember back in, in verse 11, as the lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people. Stopping right there just for a minute. We're going to finish up Acts chapter 3 today. Uh, but the title of this, this uh, portion is What an Answer. What an Answer. Well, an answer is a response. This was his response. You know, he saw what, how the people had responded and they were greatly amazed and terrified that fear mingled with wonder. Um, there in, in verse 11, verse 12, he's going to give them an answer for it. He's going to give them a response. Um, before we really dig in here, I want you to notice that as we go through the remainder of chapter 3, uh, there were no tongues that were needed. A lot of people like to focus on Acts chapter 2 and speaking in tongues and, and wonders and all that kind of stuff. Well, at this wonder... Peter merely gave them an answer, and what, their, what his answer was was the gospel and repentance according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't uh, go into tongues, and, and this miracle he, he declares unto them was nothing more than a, than a sign of God, that salvation, that God had, had worked a work. So he didn't, he didn't go into to, to tongues. He didn't go into mysticism. He declared plainly from, from the word of God what had happened. He also didn't spend half of his message, if you notice, quoting outsiders. He didn't go into half his message quoting Josephus, and he didn't, he didn't go into, into historical records, but he, he's going to cite the word of God, and he's going to give God all the credit the Lord through the Lord Jesus Christ according to his gospel. So why do I bring that up? Well, unfortunately, a lot of messages are brought today with things that are not biblical, such as speaking in tongues and, and wonders out of context. And a lot of messages are spent quoting or misquoting outsiders and those out of the way and those that, that, are, that have no authority. But, the Lord, but Peter here declares what has happened, his answer, according to the authority and to the power and even the gospel of God that is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see here, it, it's very simple. And if, if we were going to be honest, we could spend the, the rest. If we gathered here every day, we could spend the rest of our God-given days digging out Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 26. It's unsearchable. But you know what? He didn't hold a lifelong Bible study here in Acts chapter 3. He gave them a message which, if you just read it straight through, would take you less than five minutes to read it straight through. So the simplicity here, there was a man who, who was out of function. There was a man who was, uh, as evidenced by the fall, he was crippled, he was lame, and now God has made him whole. And how did he do it? at the name of Jesus Christ. And we discovered that last time, and we're going to reread it this time. But I want you to notice the perspective, this answer that he gives. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 12, 
When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel. So he's talking to Jews, okay? Talking to Jewish people. Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this, or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? But think about the Jewish perspective, okay? And 1 Corinthians chapter 1 gives us a little bit of insight here what might have been going through their minds or what should have been going through their minds okay at first corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 for after that in the wisdom of god the world by wisdom knew not god it pleased god by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe for the jews require a sign here, a sign was done in front of them. The Jews require a sign. Why did the Jews require a sign? From the time of their exodus, God was gracious in giving them signs and wonders that they would follow after. They had the pillar of the cloud. They had the pillar of fire. They, they had all these wonderful miracles in the Old Testament, all these wonderful signs, but the Jews had been groomed, you could say, uh, for believing signs. Jesus Christ said, for which in John 10, which of my works, which one of my works do you condemn me by? But he was performing the works of God. The Jews require a sign. So when he says to them, ye men of Israel, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why are you stumbling at a sign that you require? This was evidently the work of God, he's telling them. Continue reading in 1 Corinthians. The Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block, and under the Greeks foolishness. So Jew and Gentile a stumbling block, something that they trip over. Here, the Jews are tripping over this sign that was, as it were, a punch in the face. It was a sledgehammer in the face here that God Almighty had performed his work. And the evidence of that work was a man blessing God and praising God, joining the people of God. Signs should have been, an easy, should have been easy for the Jews to receive. They were groomed for signs. That God had, from the time of their exodus, they were groomed for signs. So Peter's saying, why, why are you marveling at this? Why, why, why does this cause you to wonder? You, you should not be wondering here. You, you should be declaring that this man walks indeed by the power of God. You shouldn't be standing in wonder and amazement. You shouldn't be asking the question, how can these things be? It would be obvious to you. It should be obvious to you. He also says in cha chapter 3 and verse 12, hey, don't look at us. That's right. Don't look at me. Peter and John didn't do any work on this man. That's, right. That's another fault of, of many religions is if uh, men perceive that they can do something to someone else. Hey, you, you follow after this sinner's prayer and I can lead you to the Lord. No, I can't. That's right. I can tell you about him, but I can't make you whole. You can't make you whole. You can't change the color of your skin. You can't add to your stature. That's what it says in the book of Job. How in the world are you going to cleanse yourself before God? You can't. Don't look on us. Why, why look you so earnestly on us as though we by our own power or own holiness had made this man to walk? 
I have no power of my own. I have no holiness of my own. If there is any ability or any power or any authority that one has, it is then given by God. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power or ability. After that ye the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. Not witnesses of themselves, witnesses of him. It's not by this ability, right? It's not by the ability even of the Lord's assembly to save sinners. That's right. He told them to go out with the keys, right, with the gospel ministry, but the church can't save. I can't save. That's right. It's the preaching of the gospel, and that's what Peter is going to concentrate himself on uh, the remainder of his message here. Though we are tempted to lean on our own right words and mannerisms, aren't we? Aren't we tempted to lean on those things? Well, if I would just say it a certain way, then they'd believe me. No, they wouldn't. The Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 15 says, Hey, look, if they, if they believe me, they'll believe you. If they didn't believe me, they won't believe you. Do you think you can word things better than the Lord Jesus Christ, who, who is God in the flesh? It's not whether I get the right words. You see, a rooster can crow and get someone's attention. It's not if I get the right words or if I say it the right way. God, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek, Romans chapter 1. But we're tempted to lean on our own, on our own statements. We, it, would, it might have been tempting in that day for Peter to say, you know what? We did do that. Let, let me tell you how we did that. He said, no, it's not by us. It's, it's not by my power, but by God's power. Amen. But do you see how it would be tempting for people to do that? Uh, we also might be tempted to want to join in for the credit. I know, I know people, preachers that have, have bragged on their numbers. Well, yeah, I've had so many saved under my ministry. I've had so many saved under my ministry. Careful with that. David numbered some people one time too, didn't he? That's pride, isn't it? It, it, isn't, it isn't by, uh, by, by whatever we can do. It's, it's God that saves. It's not by our power, nor is it by our holiness. That's right. We, now, we have to desire to walk in holiness. And Peter and John were going into the temple. It was the hour of prayer. They were desiring to worship God. But it wasn't their holiness that, that saved this man or, or restored this man. Although if they would have exercised unholiness or sinfulness and, and, and been evil to that man, then, then, and I say ifs as though there would have been any change. You understand the providential work of God. But you, you do understand that, that by our, ourselves shutting our mouths up and, and utilizing a sense of unholiness, that that's not blessing God or praising God at all. But God doesn't rely on our holiness. What does God ever need my holiness for? He saved me because I had no holiness. His holiness works through us. That's the fruit of the Spirit. But we're, all, we're tempted to join in for credit or desire to, aren't we? We're all tempted to do that. But Peter, he said, hey, look, it's not by us that any of this stuff happened. He, he recalls their minds in Acts chapter 3, verse 13, of, of God, the Lord being the God of promise. Hey, it's not us. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus. The God of promise. 
The God, the God who came to Abraham and brought him out of, of Ur of the Chaldees, who brought him out of Mesopotamia and devil worship and all manner of evil and wickedness, Joshua 24. The God of our fathers has done this. The God of blessing, the God of promise, the God of command, the God of the Mosaic law and the God of the Levitical priesthood, the God that, that redeems, the God that shows favor towards sinful men according to that, that sacrifice which pointed to Jesus Christ. All those things, the God of promise, he has, done, he has made this man whole and he did so in the glorification of his own son, Jesus Christ. That's the source. Any, any type of, 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 of answer that is void of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God unto salvation, is a faulty answer. Any answer that's mingled with the works of men or uh, uh, with, with the reformation of man is a, is, a, is a delinquent answer. But the answer of God's promise and the answer of God's assurance and the answer of God's work through His Son, Jesus Christ, well, that's an answer indeed. How, do, how are people saved? The Lord Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. How are people converted and their lives changed? Well, I read this book and I read that book and, and this makes me feel good. No, Jesus Christ crucified, death, buried, and risen, risen again. The power of God unto salvation. The Son of God being delivered into the hands of wicked men, sinners, yet judged by God, satisfying the wrath of God hath glorified his son, Jesus Christ. He's on full display. He is the pedestal. Don't run on us with wonder and amazement. Admire him with wonder and amazement. This God, this same God, having dealings and providential design with his people throughout the ages, this same God has glorified his son, Jesus Christ. And in our presence and in your presence and by your hands and by your will, you took him. You crucified him. Look what he says at the next point here. Your wicked hands. Verses 13 through 15. Yes, God glorified him. And I want you to notice, too, the pattern that he's following. This isn't word for word what he preached in Acts chapter 2, but it's pretty close. Okay? It's pretty close. Chapter, chapter 3 and verse 13. God glorified his son, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Hey, I'll let one of your people go. I'll let, I'll let him or this murderous man, Barabbas, no, crucify him, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar, John chapter 19. But ye denied that holy one, the holy one and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the prince of life. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ said, I lay down my life, no man takes it from me, I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it up again. But they were responsible for their sin. And killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. We're telling you. He says, we are witnesses. They knew it too. Look back, and if you would, just for a moment, in Acts chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, 
ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. You see, if someone presents a gospel, and I don't believe Peter ever did, if someone presents a gospel but does not declare unto that one hearing that they're a wretched sinner before God, where's the good news? Where's the escape? Where's the deliverance? Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. A person that has, quote, a conversion without an acknowledgement of their sin, without an acknowledgement of their sin, there's no conversion there. If you present it in such a way, hey, you want to get out of hell? Well, nobody wants to be judged. Do you want to be delivered from your sin? That's a different question. See, these people in their wickedness, and he's telling them that they're wicked. You, who delivered and denied that holy one and that just. Well, what makes, it, what, what makes that person, if they deny the holy and the just, unholy, and unjust. That means they're sinners before God, that they rejected God in the flesh and are above all else sinners, wicked before God. Peter didn't mince his words, I don't believe. I, I, I believe here he's giving him a straight dose of you are a sinner before God. And this man walks and leaps and rejoices in God because he is saved and delivered according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you wander and amaze and have a big question mark bubble above your heads because you have not experienced that. You've never seen, you have not seen that you are guilty before God. When he says in verse 14, you desired a murderer to be granted unto you, unto you. Why did they desire a murderer? Because they had more in common with him. What did Adam do? He, the Lord said, And the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. He was guilty of murder, Adam was. He was also guilty of insurrection, rebellion, uh, a, a rebellion against God Almighty. And those are the charges against Barabbas, murder and sedition, rebellion. They, they had more in common with a murderer and, and, a, and a man of sedition than they did with God Almighty. And what a testimony that is. And many will have unto themselves, such as Barabbas. Barabbas, Bar, son of, Abbas, father. We're all just the children of our, our fathers, all the way back to Abraham, aren't we? Murderers and seditionists. They desired to have a murder and one of sedition over the prince of life. They killed, that word prince means author. They killed the author of life. Now he laid down his life, and I understand that. But by their hands, they crucified him. They put their hands to the author of life. They rathered one like unto them than one that was life itself and love itself. For what charge? For what charge? They called him a blasphemer. Well, God himself, it's not robbery to be equal with God. He is equal with God. Philippians chapter 2. They denied the Holy One and preferred one like unto themselves. That's true wickedness. That is true wickedness. And that is the natural position of all men. You know, we, we don't have to train ourselves to be around people who are like us, do we? You know, how, how did we find one another? You ever think about that providentially? How did we find one another? Well, by God's grace, we desire to be around others that are like ourselves, don't we? By God's grace. To find others that were like themselves, that's easy. It's easy for the world to find others that are like themselves, 
just in their natural state. There are different versions of that, but it's easy. They denied God Almighty. In this resurrection, look here. You see the plain work of God. We read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 24, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death. So you see the guilt of man, you see the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and you see the resurrection from the dead, also the power of God, whom God hath raised up. Nobody can make the dead to live but God. Nobody can make the dead to live but God. God raised up. Verse 14, but ye denied the Holy One and just murder, desiring a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. The resurrection, God raised him up. Just as much as God raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, God raised up this man from being spiritually dead and physically broken to now cured of both. He is now alive in the spirit, having faith in God, and he's going to get to that faith here in just a moment. But you see, it's the power of God in salvation, the power of God, not the power of Peter or John, not the power of nuance of speech, but the power of God in salvation. And that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead saves sinners from their sins. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, please. And verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Now, baptism is symbolic. Baptism doesn't say. I believe baptism uh, is to be carried out with authority. You can't just grant yourself authority to start baptizing people. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. So you see here again, God raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. The power of God converts sinners. Doesn't just save them from hell, but converts them unto life and newness of life. You see, there's a lot of power behind salvation. The power of the God of promise, the power of the God of providence, the power of the God of Perseverance and preservation, the power of God in salvation, the power of God in the resurrection is the same power of God unto salvation. They're inseparable. How does this man, why are you marveling at this? Because God had a work on this man. What marvel? That's the answer. It's not that he is doing a little better. Oh, he's, he's coming along. No, what marvel? This man has experienced the power of God. The power of God. You see in verse 16, look at this. This is really cool. You see the effects of saving faith. And his, and his name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, through faith in his name, the name of reputation, glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him, the Lord Jesus Christ, hath given him, this man, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Saving faith. 
You see, the effect of the name, the reputation, the glory of Jesus Christ and his name. Okay, how was it that this man stood up? Verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name, reputation, fame, glory of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He did this by faith. God-given faith. But you see that the effect of his name, you can't separate the effect of his name with his name. Okay, His name has an effect. His name, going back to verse 13, the, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers hath glorified his son, Jesus. His name, he's glorified him. How? We studied that in John chapter 17 a while back, didn't we? Glorify me now, Lord. Glorify. He glorified his name. He exalted his name. He exalted his fame and reputation. And at his name, the effect of his name saves his people from their sins. The gospel. Again, it has an effect. If someone says that they have his name, but there is no effect, they are violating that fourth command, taking his name in vain. It has an effect. He says that in his name, and how? Through faith in his name. What is faith? Well, what does the Bible say that faith is? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How do we know that, we, that he had faith in his name? Well, go back in Acts chapter 3 and verses 6 and 7. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. How do we know that he had faith? Well, if he didn't have faith, there would be no substance of things hoped for, no evidence of things not seen. He wouldn't have taken him by the hand. He wouldn't have even attempted. God-given faith. It's God-given faith. And his name, through faith in his name, was made, was this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him. This man didn't muster up a faith. He didn't convince himself of faith. He wasn't talked into a faith. Jesus Christ himself gave this man faith. He was allotted the Spirit of God in the new birth, and the first act that he committed after he was born again was to, was to trust Jesus Christ and follow him. Amen. You see, he didn't have faith on him unto salvation. He was granted faith by God, and that in itself was the salvation. God saves his people. The Lord saves his people from their sins. He was granted faith unto salvation. He didn't work, he didn't work faith in himself. No one can work faith of themselves. You can't will faith of yourself, but by him. Look at that. See it again, verse 16. Faith which is by him. You know this. You know this. You've memorized this. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 8, you can recite it, but think on the words. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Amen. It is the gift of God. Faith 
is the gift of God. It's not the gift of your fathers. It's not the gift of persuasive preaching. It's not the gift of finally realizing. It's the gift of God. This man, by the faith, but yea, the faith which is by him, Jesus Christ, believed on the name of the Son of God through faith in his name, which was given to him, you see. There's an effect of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's an effect of the faith in his name, and it also has an origin. I spoke with a man earlier this, this week. He's a pastor around town. And he, he kept saying, yes, God will save you if, if you trust him. God will save you if you trust him. And I asked him, what is the origin of faith? And he paused. I don't know if he'd ever thought about it before. If, if, man, if man is the origin of his own faith, he's as undone and unsaved as he could possibly be. That's right. The origin of this man that was lame and now walked, the origin of his faith is God Almighty, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God that glorified his son in, the, in, in his gospel, in his death, burial, and resurrection. The, the, the same God, the same God that created it all, now, granted, this man's saving faith, and it's evident in the way he's living. Look in verses, look now in verse 17. So he tells them, okay, why marvel ye? You see something. God, who has done signs and wonders to the Jews for way back, now has done a work in this man. You're a sinner before God. You're sinners before God. But this man, also a sinner, has been made whole at the name and reputation of God-granting faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 17, And now, brethren, I want or I know that through ignorance you did it as did also your rulers. Okay, you did it ignorantly or you didn't know or understand what you were doing. Still a sin. In Leviticus chapter 4, there were sacrifices for priests. Who, who, who sinned ignorantly and the people, but it said the priests also. So just because they were ignorant did not let them off the hook for, for their sinfulness, you see. They're standing here, they're listening to this message. They're, they're hearing that before God, even though ignorantly, before God, they were sinners. Verse 18. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets Christ should suffer, hath, he hath so fulfilled. Starting back in the garden, those shedding of those coats in Genesis chapter 3. All the way until that present moment. You know, we studied in Luke chapter 24 how he calls his people together. And he says, hey, look, I'm opening up you Moses and the prophets and the songs and everything in the, the scriptures. And I'm showing you how I must have suffered and died and rise again the third day. And that repentance or remission of sins, forgiveness of sins will be preached throughout all the world, beginning first in Jerusalem. That's what he says in, in Luke chapter 24. But he fulfilled it now. That's what, that's what he says. And that's what he also said back in Acts chapter 2 and verse 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. You see, the message doesn't change, does it? Christ fulfilled the scriptures. Men are sinners in need of salvation. Only by God-granted faith and repentance would one trust the Lord Jesus Christ and leave off everything else. And verses 19 through 26, you see the message. And we're just going to look at this. Don't change it. Look at what Peter says to him. 
Repent ye therefore. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Yes, he understands that it's God-granted faith and trust in Jesus Christ that, that, that saves someone from their sins. But he also now puts it in their lap. You're a sinner. Repent. Well, that might have worked back in those days. It doesn't work today. I don't believe that God granted any man permission to reform his church. I also don't get, think that God repented or gave permission for any man to change his message. John the Baptist said, repent. Jesus Christ said, repent. Peter said, repent here. He also said, back in chapter 2, verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent. Well, that, that, that's that old language. People won't understand. Oh, you can't hurt people's feelings. You can't tell them that they're sinners. The power of God into salvation. If they don't know that they're sinners, why would they need salvation? Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. You're a sinner. Repent. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repent. The time is at hand. That's what he's saying. The time of refreshing coming to the Lord. That's when the kingdom comes. That's when Jesus Christ will put his feet on the Mount of Olives. Repent, it's coming, it's here. Repent that your sins will be blotted out. They're not. Repent that they would be. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which, is bef which, bef which before was preached unto you. He's coming, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of the holy prophets since the world began. Enoch the seventh from Adam. Behold, the Lord cometh, he said in Jude. Repent, the time is at hand. He preached unto them a message of repentance, and he preached unto them a message of repentance with urgency, didn't he? What an answer. What an answer. He also spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 22. Repent, he says. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet, shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. So a prophet of their brethren, flesh and blood, like unto God, both God and man. He testified, and that is in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 19. Read it on your own time. But that prophet, both God and man, has evidenced himself to be the, the Savior and Redeemer and friend to sinners. Those are out of the way. Repent for the time is at hand. That prophet has come, he says. Verses 23 and 24, And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. He's looking them dead in the eye. You don't repent, you're going to be destroyed. You don't repent, your sins won't be blotted out. You don't repent, you, are, you remain in your sin and in your guilt before God. And be destroyed among the people. Notice that among the people, and that means some of the people won't be destroyed, thank God. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. The Lord asked, which one of the prophets haven't your father's murder? The prophets from the very beginning, repent for the time is at hand. Repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent. Look unto the Lord. Seek after the Lord. Follow Him. Trust in Him. Repent. 
And throughout the ages, the religiously unsaved have held to their religion. Verses 25 and 26, you're the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. That's the general call, you could say. The general call. He said it back in chapter 2 and verse 21, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you kept reading in the book of Joel, you would see that, And whom the Lord hath called, who hath chosen. The answer remains the same. This is, this is it. In Romans chapter, chapter 1, he tells them here in our in our text in Acts chapter 3, you are of those children of the prophets. You're of that line of Israel. You are Jews. You are, you are of that nation of God. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, not the power of Paul, not, not of baptisms, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. Well, how do they believe? God granted faith, faith that is by him. To the Jew first. Have you noticed that? Peter is telling him, hey, look, the God of our fathers has presented you with the gospel to the Jew first. And also to the Greek. If you look back in our text, he reminds them of that old covenant to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And in thy seed shall all kindreds, all nations, Jew and Gentile. Be blessed. But he says in verse 26, unto you first, God. Right? Unto you first. In Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24 and verse 47, by the, by, by the, by the, the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, and his fame, his reputation, and his glory, his gospel among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Yes, the gospel was preached, and it started right there. Chapter, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we just read it. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth, beginning at Jerusalem, to the Jew first. They were in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 1 verse 12, that upper room. Unto the Jews. All nations of the earth will be blessed. The power of God in salvation, the gospel, Jesus Christ, and all nations. But he's looking these Jews in the eye. Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 26. The answer remains the same, though. Time, many years, centuries have passed. Millennia have passed. But the answer, what an answer. The answer remains the same. Declare the declarations of God according to the word of God. What did he do here? Just, just summarizing it. What marvel at the gospel? The God of promise, the God of creation, the God of all power and wisdom and knowledge and understanding. The God of all. God Almighty. Jehovah Elohim has glorified Jesus Christ, his son, God in the flesh, in his gospel, in his substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection. He ever liveth to make intercession for his people. He did that 
because his people being sinners, he saved them in wonderful, marvelous grace and mercy. You are a sinner. It's not implied in the message. It's directly declared in the message. Tell of the death the fall, the sin of Adam, and that sin passes upon us all because death passes upon us all. Tell how, whether in the law or out of the law, inside or outside, Jew or Gentile, even our own consciences bear record that we are offensive and guilty before God. Speak of that gospel. Speak of the name, fame, reputation, and and glory of Jesus Christ, the effectiveness of the gospel and its need. Tell others he's coming back soon. Tell them if they do not. Tell them to repent and be converted, that their sins be blotted out. And if they do not, the wrath of God abides upon them. Tell them. Tell them. Well, that sounds rude, crude, socially unacceptable. That's not a modern message. It's not for you to decide that. That's right. Did you notice how close this message was to what he preached in Acts chapter 2? Yep. You know, they were pricked in the heart in chapter 2. We're going to read in a few weeks that they're not pricked in the heart. They're cut to the heart. People might get mad at you, and that's okay. Don't change God's message. What an answer. Don't be upset when you hear the song of redemption. Redemption. Don't be upset. You know what? It, uh, 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 again, if we just studied this passage out week by week by week by week, and all, this is all we had of the Word of God, it would be an amazing thing to gather on a weekly basis and hear this same message week by week by week by week by week, and we'd never exhaust it. That's right. The song of redemption. The song to. Trust the Lord and do what he says. You you notice in verse 19 when he says, Repent ye therefore and be converted. Someone who who says they repent but they're never converted, they didn't repent. Repenting and being converted, this man was converted. He was a broken down crippled beggar and now he's a joyful leaping child of God, glorifying God. He was converted. Repent and be converted. Child of God, children of God, what answer do we have? We should have an answer spot on with Peter's message. Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 26. And when he says, why look ye on us? Why look ye so earnestly on us? Well, even in this, don't worship Peter. Don't look at him. Look at God. You should see Jesus Christ in this message. Our answer is the fame name glory, reputation of Jesus Christ. What answer do we have? Well, our answer should be consistent with this. What answer do we represent? We should always be on the ready. We should always be on the ready to give an answer. You know, I don't. as they were going into the temple that day, I don't know what they were talking about. I'm sure they were, I, I, at least I'm pretty sure that they were talking about things that pertained unto the Lord. And they had they had a desire to see souls saved. They'd just seen thousands saved. I'm sure they desired every time they went in to see more thousands saved. But you see, between the healing of this man... And this message, he didn't go home and prepare a message for two weeks and say, okay, I'll get back with you. No. 
Verse 10, and they knew that it was the man that was set by, set at all and was beautiful at the gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, as they were going into the temple, all the people ran unto them. And the porch that was called Solomon's wandering, greatly wandering. And Peter saw it. He answered unto the people. I believe this is a pretty quickly rolling series of events. What answer do we have? Well, look unto the Lord. That his name. And faith in his name. And that faith which is by him in his name. Will be granted unto sinners. Having all confidence in God, not in yourself, not in your pattern of speech, having all confidence in God, declare the simplicity of the gospel. All have sinned. You're a sinner. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of faith. He grants faith. Repent. See yourself as a sinner. Desire cleansing from your sin. That your sins would be blotted out. What a testimony. What an answer. Sinner, hear that testimony yet again. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Where Everyone is born in sin. But you, you will be present before the Lord when he comes. Any answer other than the finished work of Jesus Christ for your soul. you will be held responsible before God. He will make a desolation. He will, he will be the destroyer of those who are out of the way. He will cast into the lake of fire. You stand before God, Revelation chapter 20, and all you got your works and your thoughts and you, 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 you'll be cast alive in the lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. What is the answer? What is the answer of your wickedness, of your sinfulness? How can there be a solution? And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him. Jesus Christ hath given him this perfect soundness, in the presence of you all. Where does perfect soundness come from? The gospel of Jesus Christ. The just for the unjust. A sinner should have died. Christ died instead. A sinner should have been judged for their sins. Christ was judged instead. Repent ye therefore. And be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come. From the presence of the Lord. Behold the Lord come. Repent. And believe his gospel. May the Lord bless.